like to thank uh, Reverend Lowe and uh, Reverend Staples for last week when when uh, wasn't feeling well. I was able to call them and ask them to step in. And, and as I understand, both of them preached. Uh, and I thank you for, uh, for having ministers that I can call at the last minute. And I know that they are going to give the word of God. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, we are, again, looking at Isaiah chapter 6. I did not finish that. Uh, I will not finish through the verses today. I'm going to slow walk it. Amen. Um, you might as well get used to me slow walking some things. As I, as I, as I, as I, God is allowing me to understand that uh, some people still ain't catching it. So I got to slow it up just even some more and just, and we just walk together through it. So, so, uh, so that the word can, can do what it's supposed to do and we catch it. Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1 through 8. I, I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard. Um, you should be able to read it on the screen if you do not have a Bible that is of that translation. That translation. Again, we are dealing with the subject matter of touched by his fire. Touched by his fire. It reads as such. In the year that King Isaiah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphims stood above him, each one having six wings. With two wings he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. One cried out to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold tremble at the voice of him that called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphims flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongues. He touched my lips. And with it, he said, behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquities taken away and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. Amen. Amen. Touched by his fire. Father, even now as we uh, do that which you have called us to do, move me out of the way. Do not allow me to become a hindrance of that which you want to perform. Send out your word. Saturate this place with your presence. Lord, even if we don't want to receive, make us receive. Lord, even if we don't want to see, make us see. Allow us at some point to have an Isaiah experience that we see Jesus high and lifted up. Allow us to collectively and individually to have our but Jesus experience, Lord, that we may walk out of here uh, better than when we came in. 
Lord, increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, increase our sight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If I had to give a picture for what this series is trying to produce in us, I, I guess I would have to refer to a, a New Testament scene. That, that scene is in the Gospel of John. It is, it is, it is in John 21. And the scene is Jesus is on the shore of the Galilee and the disciples has gone a fishing. <laughs> Y'all know the story. They rush back seeing that Jesus has already got the fish cooking and, and he caused their net to be overflowing with fish and they know it's him. No one there asks whether it's him or not. They, they know it's him and, and he has already made provision for them. Don't need what they got. He brought his own to the party. Not just enough for him, but enough for them too. Isn't that just like our Lord? Isn't that just like him? After they eat, he begins to talk to Peter. And you got to understand the scene. You got to see the scene. Peter is at home on the sea. Peter is a fisherman. That's, that's his love. That's his occupation. That's what he do. That's, that's his business. Here he is at the Sea of Galilee. Like he knows like the back of his hand. You can smell the salt in the air from the sea. You can hear the seagulls making noise. You can hear the flap of the fish diving up out of the water. You can feel the sand up under your feet. You can see him with his boys having a good time. They've been fishing. They're doing what they do. They are at home. They are in comfort. They are at the epic of what he wants to do. He's saying this is living large. And Jesus asks a question that peers him to his soul and say, Peter, do you love me more than all of this? I really think that's the question. I really think that's the question that our Lord asks us continually in our lives as we live life, as life happens, as we go through our ups and downs, as we go through our storms, our mountains of experience. He's still in the midst of every circumstance. Speak softly to us. Do you still love me more than... You know, you know, it's easy to show how much we love the Lord. It, it, it's easy to talk, to sing about the, I mean, get happy, shout. But, but the truth of the matter is we can't answer that question correctly until you are down in the valley and God hasn't promised that he's going to pull you out. And then he said, do you still love? For some of us, even being on top of the mountain, our love begins to wane because sometimes the blessings of God will become your God if you're not careful. I think that we stand between, we, we, we live between three, three points. I think that we live between the Isaiah experience I think that we live between the Goliath experience and we live between the Isaac experience. I, I, I think that, that sometimes, you know, uh, things just sneak in. We don't mean for them to sneak in. We don't mean for them to take, take God's place. We, we don't mean, we really don't mean. It is so easy for our love for God become from red hot to lukewarm. All it takes is, is that you're too tired to pray tonight. So you say, Lord, you understand. But the problem is you're even more tired the next night. Lord, you understand. Now the problem is every all hell done broke loose the third night. Lord, you know you understand now. 
And after a while, it becomes so easy to say, Lord, you understand. Hold on. It's not that some of us have done it. All of us have done it. And the priority that we have placed on the intimacy with the Lord begins to... Listen, God is so good, he keeps blessing us in spite of. I mean, walking in the blessings of God, walking in the abundance of God, but not talking about God. Enjoying the stuff in his hands. Enjoy how God just keep proving himself, but don't have time for him. Wake up every morning and say, Lord, you good. But, 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 but in the day, saying you good and didn't spend no time with Come to church on Sunday because it's what we supposed to. That's what, that's what Isaiah represent. That, that the things that we just, that things are okay. There's no great need. There, there's that impression. But wait a minute. Is it really good in a relationship when you're not spending time? Is it really good in a relationship when, when you're not doing what you're, what you're doing because you love somebody, you're doing it because you're supposed to? Is it good in a, in a relationship when there is no one heart to heart, eye to eye, mouth to ear. The heart of God, the heart of God is that he loves you. Matter of fact, y'all need to say he loves me. Oh, y'all didn't say it like y'all men. Say it like you men. Hold on, you didn't still say it like you men. Say it like you men. Matter of fact, tell the person next to you and convince them that God loves. I don't think the question is. I don't think the question is whether we got evidence of whether he loves us or not. Just the fact that we hear proves that he loves us. I think that every day he proves the fact that he loves us. I don't have to go no farther than the cross. And when I see the cross, the cross is enough to make you know that he loves us. But where's my evidence? Then Goliaths come. The Goliaths is giants. Here you are minding your own business, and Goliath comes. Matter of fact, let me update it. Goliath, the giants have learned they don't come by ones, they come by twos, threes, fours, five, and six. Don't trouble. Come in numbers. Don't trouble travel in a pack. Don't they have a crew? Don't they have a potsy? Whatever you call it today, that's what they run in. They know your address. They know your work number. They know your telephone number. They know where you park at. They know where you sleep at. They And as much as you try to put your head in the sand, they will put their head in the sand right next to you and say, I'm here. 
to be something in us that even no matter how big the Goliath is, that our estimation, that our trust in God, our view of God is bigger than the trouble. That no matter how many times you get hurt, when, when, when the smoke clear, they still find you saying, Lord, I will trust you. I mean, I mean, listen, we don't get no, no free ticket. You don't get no pass. This is not monopoly. This is life. And, and, it, and it's, it's, it's that, that we will definitely go through. Well, well let's, 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 let's bring up the other one. Well, well Reb, you, you brought in Isaac. Genesis chapter 22. Verse 1 through 12. And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. I mean, Abraham is God's boy. He talks to Abraham face to face. They were friends. He actually said, Abraham is my friend. This is his boy. But listen, no matter how close you think you are, you are still in danger for allowing the blessings of God become too big in your life. Isaac is Abraham's biggest blessing. And here, what happens is, when he looked at Isaac, he sees the son of miracle, the, the son of his future, the son of, of his promise, the son of his hope, the son of his expectation. And his love for Isaac began to rival his love for God. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this. Let's stop here. Your faith isn't real faith until it's been tested. We don't know how strong we are until it's been tested. And the question is not if it's going to be tested. It is when. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't get to sign off on what test is coming your way. It is not mine. It is not yours. Uh, business. What type of test God's going to test you with? Matter of fact, look at this. He said, and he said unto him, Abraham, he said, I am here. He says, take now your, your son. Hold on, hold on. Watch God put the emphasis. Your only son. Hold on, God don't stop there. Whom you Oh, y'all see that, huh? Let me... God knows how to put his finger right where it needs to be. You know, you know, one of the things I think we ought to pray is, Lord, help me to see me. Help me to see where I'm at with you. Before you have to show me with trouble, let me take care of it before I have to go through something. Whenever anything begins to get in the way of our relationship with him, God will begin to strip us of that very thing. Let me step in this. You mind if I get in your business? Some of us, the reason why we're going through what we're going through, because we wouldn't let go of what God's trying to pry out of our hands. If we just open up our hands and give it to him, some of the stuff we're going through, we... Let me step a little bit. See, the reason why your relationship with that man you living with, you're not supposed to be living with him in the first place. So why do you expect God to bless when you're living together? Without being mad. I knew y'all were going to get quiet on me. Look, look what it says. Look what it says. It says, take your son to Mount Moriah. It said, offer him as a burn. You know what God, God, God said? On the Mount that he said, kill him. He said, we have come to the point in our relationship, we can't get no deeper unless 
something dies. I have brought you as far as you can go. It's now time in order for you to go to the next level with me. Isaac, your son, your only son, got that. There are times in our life that things have to die. Listen. God will not take something unless what he takes. When God takes something, it's because he's trying to take you higher in himself. I honestly believe that, that God is in the process of taking us to another level with himself because that is what this is really all about. Listen, it's not about you doing all these rights and wrong. It's not about you holding to the Ten Commandments. Now, we ought to do right, but we don't do right because we're just that righteous. We do right because we have fallen in love with Jesus. And he's the best thing that ever happened to us. And your love, because his love constrains you. The Pharisees would have put all of us to shame by living in righteousness, but their hearts was jacked up because they didn't know God, but they knew how to walk in the law and in the blood of the law, but there was evilness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go on. This is the third day, verse 4. Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place distant. He got his burnt offering. And Abraham said to the young man, stay here. There are some times you can't take nobody with you. Thank you. There are some places you got to go by yourself. In this spiritual walk, you don't take a group. As much as you may love your husband or love your wife, your spiritual journey with Jesus, they can't come. You can help encourage each other. You can help promote each other. You can pray for each other. But your walk in the Lord is by yourself. There's some things you can't share with nobody. The problem with some of us, we're trying to feed the baby. We're trying to hold the baby. But we forgot we haven't delivered the baby yet. What you mean by that? Your vision, you don't share it until God has made it clear to you. How in the world is somebody going to know what you're talking about when you don't know what you're talking about? And we're trying to run in something that we haven't delivered. You wait until the baby is delivered and you can define what God is saying. And then you can say, now I can share. Until then, you are in labor. Travail with that thing. How can I say this? We want a drive-by delivery. Everything in the spiritual world has a travail to it. The next level has a travailing to it. Listen, if God can't trust us with this, how can he trust us with that? If I can't be faithful with this, how can he take me and give me more of if, 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 if I can't keep my eyes on Jesus with this, in this, the how in the world when there's a bigger devil on the next level, how in the world can he trust me to keep my eyes on him up here? 
And what God is trying to let me know, he's big enough to keep me in this. And once I learn that he's big enough to keep us in this, then when he lifts me up here, I can say, he's bigger than this. He's greater than this. He's more awesome than this. My God is big enough to keep me. Hold on. Him and Isaac goes up together. Isaac is a young man because what it says is that he, he, he gives the stuff to his son to carry. <laughs> Abraham, Abraham, old man. His son is about 17, 18. Go out. I just spoke to his father. said, Father, here I am. He said, Behold, fire and wood, but where's the land? Where the burn off from? Dad, we have done this before. We're missing something. We're missing something. You know, there's sometimes God will not put all the pieces together before you go. You have to go without knowing all that God is up to. Hold on, I, I, let, me, let me make this more clear. God will not connect the dots before you go. He will connect them while you are on your way. Let's see if I can make this more clear. God will not show you everything about the process while he's taking you through the process. You got to trust him by faith because if you see it, then why you need faith? God says, trust me when you don't know what I'm up to. Trust me when you don't know how I'm going to do it. Trust me when I haven't given you the answer. Trust me for the end result. Trust me when you don't feel like it. Trust me. Trust me. How can I say that? In our Christian walk, that is what this whole thing is really all about. Let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can break this down. You can keep living your life the way you want to live it, and I'm letting you know you're missing your blessing. is not trying to keep nothing from you. He's trying to get your blessings to you. But the only way that he can get your blessing to you is by teaching you how to walk with him that he knows that when the blessing comes, you know that it's your blessing. Man, if we can just catch this in our Christian walk, it would make this, and don't get me wrong, it gets hard when you can't see what God, how is Abraham able to do this? He, in his mind, has already sacrificed Isaac, and he's trusting God that God can lift Isaac from the dead, even though God hasn't given him the answer. He deducted in, my, in his mind that God is good. I know he's good. He gave me my son to be a blessing. So if he tells me to kill Isaac, he must be up to something. I don't know what he's up to, but whatever he's up to, he has already shown me enough that I know my God is good and there's no failure in him. And if he says that my heritage is in Isaac, then if I kill Isaac, he must be able to lift Isaac back up. I've never seen nothing like that before, but I come to the conclusion that I'm going to follow God no matter how hard it is because up to now, my God been good. So I have enough evidence behind me to trust him for what I cannot see. Let me help us. Whenever we take a step in the Lord to a deeper commitment, don't expect everything to go smooth. Matter of fact, expect to be challenged at the point that you have made that commitment. You said, I'm going to start tithing. 
Don't expect your finances to come together. Expect the car to break down, the garage door to break down, the, 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 the lawnmower break down, the washer break down, then the dryer has the nerve to break down. Uh, let, let, let me help you. When three, when three or more things happen at one time, it's the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> Why you say that? When it is pointing at the point where you have made that commitment, the devil trying to make you backtrack on what you said you was going to do. Faith is, Lord, I don't know how, but I trust you. Things are getting hard, but I trust you. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I trust you. Don't know if I'm going to lose my mind, but I trust you. Got to cry all night long, but I trust you. Don't like what I'm going through, but I trust you. I'm barely making it through the day, but I trust you. What enables us to get there? I think it's having Isaiah experience. He says, he says, yeah, I see all, all this stuff. Isaiah chapter 6. Yeah, I see that Isaiah is there. I see the Goliath. I see that Isaac has to die. Yeah, well, I see it. He said, but I saw. I saw. I don't know what you saw, but I saw. I saw. There has to be desire from us to see more of him. But whenever you go through, it takes to see more of him. Listen, God has no problem showing himself. God has no problem getting into your psyche, getting into your spirit, and exalting himself bigger than what he is right now. He wants us to understand that, that what we need is him. Psalms 27. Psalms 27. Psalms 27. Go down to verse. Uh, I think a verse. Let's start at the beginning. Psalms 27. Psalms 27 is a declaration of faith. Sometimes you got to stand flat-footed and talk about what the Lord is to you. Don't wait till you get to church. You may not make it to church. You may lose your mind before you get to church. You, you better start talking what the Lord is to you while, while you're going through. No, I say, the Lord is mine. Now sometimes you can't afford to say ours. That sometimes, y'all, I don't know if he's yours or not. I got to speak about what the Lord is to me. There's, there's something that we can agree on, but there's some experiences where you see the Lord in a little greater light than what I see him because you've been through something I haven't been through. You can testify that the Lord is my healer. I may not be able to... Maybe say the Lord is my deliverer. You may not be able to say that. But there is a personal saying that, that you ought to be able to, this is it should be on the tip of your tongue. It ought to come off your, it ought to come off your lip like, 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 like water off of a fountain. You ought to be able to say, the Lord is my keeper, the Lord is my way, the Lord is my way maker, the Lord is my provider, the Lord is, the Lord is, the Lord is, the Lord is. The Lord is! The Lord is! Listen. Then you ought to be able to say, mine. My, 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 my. Oh, he's mine. Unless you know that, when the devil hits you upside your head, you 
Look at verse 2. When. Say when with me. When. Not if. Not maybe. Notice how scripture is so accurate. And it does not leave you no room to miss it. He says, when the wicked. Listen, if you are a child of God, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, it it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. It's not F. It's not maybe. It's It's when, it's when. Verse four, verse four, verse four, verse four. At that time, there's some storms that you go through that you can't be holding on to many things. God will strip you down to one thing. How can I say this? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Watch this, watch this. Many times we come to God with all these things we want. Let me, let the storm get hard enough. Let the storm get tough enough. All those, all those other things you would ask him about. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about when, when you are really going through and you don't know if you're going to survive this or not. Some of y'all may not know what I'm talking about, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, you know God, God will bring you to the point that all that you desire is him. Yes, With Abraham, when Abraham goes to kill Isaac, in, uh, in Abraham's mind, God began to be lifted up above everything else because now he has to take his eyes off of Isaac and put it on the one that could lift Isaac back to life. It was to the place it wasn't even necessary for him to kill Isaac because in his heart and his mind, he had already killed Isaac. And, and he saw God like he never saw God before. He saw him high and lifted up, higher than he has ever experienced God. And never again did God have to worry about, about Abraham not seeing him. God is trying to get us to the place that we see him so clearly, so defined, so awesome, so bigger than that, so greater than that, 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 though, that though we're going through, we keep our eyes on him and say, Lord, you got me. You keeping me. Lord, I trust you. Lord, 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 Lord. Part of it is, is that there are so many things that, that get our attention that we lose the point of being enamored and in awe of him. And God has to do some things to exalt himself in our hearts. Look what he says, look what he says. He says, one thing I seek and inquire to dwell in your house. Lord, your presence. See, once you learn how to get in God's presence, nobody else got a presence like him. Can't nobody. Let let, let me say, can't nobody. I mean, absolutely nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody. Do I have any witnesses in the house that can't nobody, can't nobody do you like Jesus? Can't nobody. Can't nobody. Can't nobody. Can't nobody. Nobody. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's see. Let's let's go to let's go to verse. I don't know. Let's let's try eight. He says here, 
Now notice what happens. It is God that initiates this. He says to David, David, seek my face. It's not David that initiates this. It's God that speaks to David and he says, listen, you know what God is saying? Seek my face. Face represents presence. Face represents knowing him. Face represents intimacy. And God in every, whether we're on top of the mountain or in the valley or somewhere in between, whether we are experiencing Isaiah or whether we are experiencing Isaac or whether we are experiencing uh, whoever the other one was, God is still saying, seek my face. There ought to be a calling in you that God is bringing up in you that, that somewhere in the other, you just say, I, I need him. After we lose our way and then we turn out that stuff don't satisfy, something rises up and say, I need God. You have tried everybody. Everybody done let you down. Something ought to rise up and say, I've been trying to find love in all the wrong places. It is a prayer. It is the, the prodigal son that after he done lived the way he was living, he comes to his crazy self. That I'm going back home to my father's David, there ought to be, there ought to be something in us that said, Lord, your face. I seek. Verse 10. He says, he says, he says, when my mama and my daddy. Oh, yeah. What, what is God saying here? God saying, when the very ones who you thought would never forsake you. He said, I'll stick closer than your mama and your daddy. He said, when everybody else then gave up on you, threw in the towel, he said, I will never throw. Some of us were so low down that mama had to say, let me stop before you break my heart till it can't be broken no more. But look at you now. God waited till you didn't have nobody. Then knocked on your door and said, I'm still here. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so glad y'all don't know my whole story. I'm so glad I don't know your whole story. But maybe it would help us if we knew everybody's whole story. Would nobody be walking around with a stuck-up nose? Because we all realize we've been saved by grace. Nothing but grace. It's all about his grace. It's been his grace that kept us, that keeping us. 13. Things will get so tough sometimes, verse 13, still the 23rd, that, that, that if, it were, if it's not for the Lord, let's click with that. What would have became of me? What would have happened to me if I would not have believed that I would see the goodness? He says, he says, he says, no matter what I was going through, there was something that made me hold on to the Lord. He says, he says, in spite of what I was going, I had a yay though. Oh yes, sir. I had a even though. I, I know that's all that's happened, but but something inside me says, even though. I mean, when you really know him, you you know how to give him even though praise. I mean, when you, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, when you've been through enough stuff, you learn that no matter what you're going through, and though you don't see nothing, feel nothing, know nothing, you still say, even though all this is happening, my God is gonna come see about me. He 
it's not over till it's over. Uh, uh, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. David says this. No matter how bad it is, I still believe there's one thing you can't let the devil take from you is your expectation in what God is going to do for you. Listen, it's not about knowing how. It's not about knowing when. It's about knowing who. Now let me help you with this. You got to be able to say through all the darkness, through all the faith rises up. And faith is that element of saying, I'm not going by what I see, but I'm counting on who I know. And because I know my God loves me, I just believe he's not through with me yet. I just believe that the best is yet to come. I, I just believe that it looks bad right now. It looks terrible right now. But, but I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to stay right here because I know what he has done for me in the past and that he's able to keep me in the future. I won't let go. One of the things that enables us to do that is that you got to keep looking up. What you mean looking up? I think it's in your talk. I think it's in your walk. I think it's in your demeanor. Let me, let me, let me, then we about ready to go home. Some of us is too negative about everything. Listen, hope, when you got hope, you can't be negative with hope at the same time. You can be truthful about your situation, but then there ought to be a but. You don't end it with, yeah, I know I'm going through this. Yeah, they said that. Yeah, that happened. But, hold on, it don't end with a period. There's, 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 a, there's a comma, there's a conjecture. There's something that says, yes, this is true, but. People may look at you when you say but, but you say, but God, but Jesus. See, they don't know who you know. And you know that, that the equation of your life, yes, yes, two plus two equal four, but two plus two plus Jesus, he can do whatever he wants to do. And I'm going to trust him to do the impossible. Uh, is there anybody in the house living in a not-too-good situation? You don't know what's going on. All you know is that Goliath is talking smack. All that you know is Isaiah is talking smack. All you know is that there's some dead stuff floating around. Don't give up. Don't give in. What I do, you look to the hills where we've come with your help because your help cometh from the Lord. I want you to know today that God is an impossible God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or can imagine. Our God is a big God. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is a mighty God. Our God is God. Our God is God. Look to the hills. But with cometh your help, start talking about him. Start bragging about him. Yes, things look bad. Yes, I'm going down for the third time. But, 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 my God got another move. He's not finished yet. My God is not through blessing you. 
Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to say glory. Somebody say amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say glory. He's not finished yet. He's not, hold on. Don't you hear that? In the spirit, I hear some wrestling. I hear some. Hold on. I don't see nothing yet. But my spirit hears something. I hear. I, I, I hear. I, I, I hear. My God is storing up some stuff. My God done got mad now. The devil done went too far. And God is going to come see about his child. My God, my God, my God. He's about ready. He's about ready. Based on what, preacher? Based on what he has already Based on what you already know. Based on what you have already experienced. Based on what he has already brought you through. Based on what he has already been in your life. Based that he kept you through that mess. And if he kept you through that mess, won't he bring you through this 